Welcome to the interview chair. My name is Jimmy Casas and I am your host. Are you an educator who is currently feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, or wondering if you can continue to do this work? Visualize yourself back in the interview chair. You are genuine, sincere, and full of passion. You convinced the group of people that you were the best person for the job and you believed it. That is the real you. Thank you for joining me as I take you back to the interview chair to remind you of why you wanted to become an educator. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the interview chair. Hey, before I get started today, I want to remind listeners that this Wednesday, March 22nd, I am hosting a three-hour workshop on hiring for excellence. I know that I struggled throughout my first 12 years when it came to hiring the right people, and I also know the issues that it created for me each time I missed on an applicant. Finally, with the help of a colleague, I realized I'd been seeing it wrong and over time developed a framework to help me get a better result. I hope you and your team will join me in what I believe is the most important factor in cultivating a culture of excellence, including raising student achievement, improving staff morale, and inspiring staff to want to look forward to coming to work every day. What is that factor? Hiring the right people and cultivating a healthier culture at the same time. I'm excited about the number of people who have already registered and I hope that you will consider joining us as well. There's only three days left before registration closes, so register today at jimmycasas.com. Now back to episode 11 of the interview chair, No Student Wants to Be a Failure. My good friend and colleague, Salome Thomas L., is an award-winning principal in Philadelphia and author of the best-selling book, I Choose to Stay, A Black Teacher Refuses to Desert the Inner City is someone who has devoted his entire life to going above and beyond in serving his students and their families. Principal L. often states that every child deserves the opportunity for someone to be crazy about them. He isn't alone in his beliefs. In fact, it's likely that most dedicated and hardworking educators like yourselves believe that all children, regardless of race, gender, socioeconomic class, ethnicity, perceived ability, and attitude, should be held to the highest standards and expectations when it comes to their academics and their behavior. As educators, we understand that having low standards and expectations would send the message to students and parents that we don't believe or don't care whether the child can learn or act appropriately. Oftentimes, when teachers and principals give up on a student, it is because of a student's perceived poor attitude or poor behavior. Sadly, there are still some pockets of educators who believe that some students don't belong in school and, excuse me, I should say don't belong in a school environment due to their history of poor behavior or poor academic track record. Ironically, there are students and parents who feel the same way about some teachers and principals, believing that these educators don't truly care about their children or that they are disingenuous or openly negative. So this takes me back to early in my career, and I remember encountering a student in the hallway who was visibly angry and in tears. His name was Antoine. And as soon as I saw Antoine's face that day, I knew he was upset. See, Antoine had been a frequent flyer, a regular visitor to my office over the course of the school year. But this time he seemed more agitated, more animated in his breathing, and his body trembled as he stood in the doorway. I remember wondering, 
Antoine, what's, what's going on? What happened? And Antoine just mumbled underneath his breath over and over. She's fake, Mr. Casas. She's fake. Ugh, I can't stand Miss Silver. It's all right, Antoine. It's okay, I remember saying to him. No, it's not okay, Antoine shouted. And I remember he dropped to the floor in my office and he just began to sob. Miss Silver lied. I hate you. I hate her. I hate all of you. You're all liars. You tell us that you care about us, but you don't. You're all fake. More than 30 years have passed, and yet I can still remember the anger in Antoine's face. I can still see his tears flowing and hear his voice trembling as he struggled to catch his breath. And for years, I couldn't let go of his words. I didn't want to. And to this day, those four simple words, you are all fake, serve as a reminder to me of how some students can view the adults in their lives. It's true that Antoine was frustrated, hurt, struggling to articulate his feelings in a way that would have helped him in this situation with Miss Silver. But the truth is that for some of our students, our actions are fake, at least in my experience. And as educators, we must never forget that. It's what happens when we ignore the impact our words and our behavior can have on our students. Miss Silver had been frustrated with Antoine for quite some time. That I recall. He was wasting class time, disrupting class, not completing his homework. Worst of all, he was keeping others from being able to do their work and preventing her from teaching the other students. Hardly a day passed when Antoine would tell her that he didn't care if he passed or not. In an effort to turn things around and win Antoine over, I remember Miss Silver cutting a deal with him. If he were to behave in class and turn in all of his assignments for the week, she would reward him with tickets to a Milwaukee Bucks basketball game that weekend. And it wasn't just any game, it was against the Orlando Magic, who at the time, if you remember this, way back when, featured Antoine's favorite player, Shaquille O'Neal. In Miss Silver's mind, this is, was just the right carrot to get Antoine to do his work. And it did seem to work, actually. Antoine seemed to buckle down that week, and he did his work. And with each passing day of the week, Miss Silver praised Antoine for his efforts, and she also praised them to the rest of the students. I remember her reaching out to Antoine's mother and his grandmother to update them and make, them, and make the necessary arrangements to take him to the game. And that weekend, they saw Shaquille O'Neal and the Magic play against the Bucks, And I remember that, well, it was a wonderful night for all of them. So why was Antoine in my office then on Monday morning? Well, as he described it to me, Miss Silver became frustrated when he arrived to class without his homework completed. She wasn't as nice as she had been on Saturday when she stopped by to pick him up, and according to him, she quickly got angry and told him that she was disappointed in him. Antoine described Miss his description, I should say, of Miss Silver probably wasn't that far off base. At least as Miss Silver related to me later, she was frustrated by his behavior after the previous week's success, especially because she felt she had made a connection with him at the game and over the weekend. She confirmed to me that she had lost it when he arrived without having completed a single problem on his assignment. But it was what she said next that sent Antoine over the edge. I recall her saying to me, Jimmy, 
listen, I said to him, after everything I did for you, Antoine, this is how you thank me? I took you to dinner, a basketball game, I paid for everything out of my own pocket, and you disrespect me by not doing your work? You used me, Antoine, to get what you wanted, and now you've gone right back to the way you were. Well, don't ask me for any more help or anything else. If you want to fail, then go ahead and fail. I don't care. He admitted arguing with Miss Silver, and this continued for a few minutes until she raised her voice and told him, Get out. Get out of my class. And just like that, the damage had been done. Miss Silver was fake. I was fake. We were all fake. As I sat with Miss Silver after school that day discussing what had transpired with Antoine, I could see the despairing guilt on her face. She felt like she had failed Antoine. She was disappointed in herself. And worst of all, she really did see herself as a fake. But she wasn't the only one that felt like a fake. I wasn't just being called on to rebuild a tattered relationship between a teacher and a student, but repair the psyches of both as well. Hell, I was in my first year as a principal and seeing her completely torn apart, I realized that nothing in my educational background had remotely prepared me for this situation. I honestly believe Miss Silver's intentions were sincere, but still, both she and Antoine were left frustrated, hurt, and struggling to communicate in an effective way in order to help themselves in this particular situation. Sometimes we expect all students to have the necessary skills to be able to communicate their feelings in a respectful way, but in reality they may not have developed the level of maturity needed to work through their struggles on their own. I believe that when we hold them to a standard they don't believe they can reach, well we may be setting ourselves up for failure and frustration. That's because when we fail to make the impact with students that we so desperately hope to, we are at our most vulnerable and most at risk of losing our focus. You see, Miss Silver didn't want to fail, but yet there she sat lamenting how she had managed her relationship with Antoine. Truth be told, she had done the best she knew how, just like many of us do when we walk into school each day. I certainly tried my best that day as I offered her advice for how to move forward, and yet we both left feeling like we were fakes, with Antoine none the better off. Throughout my career, I have replayed that incident many times, rolling it over in my mind's eye to see it from all angles. But the question I was never able to answer was this one. Why is it that we are so hard on ourselves? What leads us to question our ability to inspire our kids the way we had hoped when we first started teaching? Could it be that Miss Silver needed to let go of what happened and give herself a bit of a pass? Should I have given myself a pass for not knowing how to help her? Don't we all deserve a pass every now and then? I mean, after all, were any of us really prepared for what lay ahead of us when we walked into our classroom for the very first time? So what can we take away from this? Well, let's go back to the interview chair just for a moment. If given this scenario, how would we have responded differently? Did we say that we wouldn't make it about us? That we wouldn't take things personally? And more importantly, that we wouldn't give up on our kids, realizing that kids will, in fact, disappoint us at times? Why? Why is that? Well, because they're kids. And that is what kids do. They disappoint us sometimes. We shouldn't fret about this. 
Instead, perhaps we should view it as an opportunity to cultivate a relationship that may not have existed previously. Rather than send a student to the hallway or the office for disrupting class or for being disrespectful, what if we were to pause, go back to the interview chair, and bring our best selves to that situation? In other words, talk to the student to understand what is going on. Maybe that student isn't feeling well, or perhaps they don't understand the work, or maybe they are just tired from not sleeping the night before. Whatever the reason, we must recognize that the impact we have on any one student is directly related to the relationships we are able to cultivate with our students. We must reframe these comments, I believe, and not see students as not caring, but rather lacking the basic skills or maybe even the confidence to be successful. We also know that there are other factors contributing to their sometimes extremely poor attitudes, including a lack of self-discipline or work ethic, or in some cases, a fear of not being able to overcome the challenges they may be facing. In many cases, these students have simply given up. So how can we help them find their way back? I mean, in all fairness, there is no teacher preparation program that could possibly prepare us for every peril we will undoubtedly face when working with some students and their families. A former colleague of mine used to say to me, Jimmy, everyone has a savior, but it ain't always going to be you. But it doesn't give you an excuse not to try. By never giving up on a child and investing more time in building that personal relationship, we can maintain hope that maybe, just maybe, we did make a difference. We must believe that no student wants to be a failure. We cannot buy into the lip service that struggling learners give when they say they don't care whether they pass or not. Maybe we're just not seeing it. Antoine helped me see it that day. In fact, he taught me a valuable lesson. You see, it wasn't that he didn't care about his work. It is just that he cared more about his relationship with Miss Silver. And when she told him that she didn't care and to get out of her classroom, it was in that moment that he saw her as fake because he wanted to believe that he had finally found a teacher who loved him regardless of whether he did his work or not. My friends, it is time to recalibrate. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and I hope that you will join me each week as I take you back to the interview chair, because I know this, that when you sat in that interview chair, that, my friends, was the best version of you. Be sure to check out my website at jimmycasas.com backslash the interview chair for links, resources, and show notes. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Casas underscore Jimmy. If you enjoyed today's show from the interview chair, subscribe to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast to ensure you never miss an episode.